Today is Sunday, August 23rd, 2020. And back with me today is my husband. Say hi, husband. Hi, husband. Let's check your microphone there. That's good. Um, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing just fine, too. So um, we haven't podcasted for a week. And uh, what happened all last week? Every night. The Democratic National Convention. And what do we think about the Democratic National Convention? Was it a success? What was the highlight? Well, I thought it was successful. What did you like about it? Well, I thought it um, did a good job of focusing on the diversity within the Democratic Party. Um, I thought it did try... uh, I think it, it put an optimistic glow on an otherwise you know, gloomy time in our history. I don't think it necessarily focused on everything that's been negative. It's, it, it presented the positive work done by um, doctors, nurses, teachers, um, postal workers. Uh, it celebrated um, handicapped people, people of color. Uh, so I, I, I thought overall... Uh, it was successful despite the fact that it was through a visual platform, uh, not visual, virtual platform. So um, I enjoyed it. Now, you say that the virtual platform, I have to say that I actually think that they, considering what they had to do, that whole virtual setup, the editing, the um, getting the different feeds together, because a, a lot of that was live. And they were, you know, having to do the Zoom and all that kind of stuff. And I thought they did an amazing job pulling that off. There was very few times where you had like a couple seconds waiting for the next person to speak and stuff like that. I think they did an amazing job pulling that off. And I saw a headline somewhere about that, that they're going to give the RNC a run for the money when it comes to producing. Well, of course they will, because Trump has taken it over. Well, and that's... producers from The Apprentice are now on board to help. What could go wrong with that one, I wonder? I can't even imagine what could and go this, wrong And this that. one will feature Donald speaking spor- um, sporadically throughout every day. You'll, you'll get a dose of Donald in his, his word salad. Well, it's not just Donald. It's his entire family he'll be speaking. Yes, it's true. But I think every night there's plans for Donald to be intervening or to appear and uh, dazzling us with his nonsense. <laughs> yeah. I don't, uh, well, I know you won't be watching, but I may tune in no, just I'm not a little watching. bit. Well, just, because for Donald Trump, it's all about ratings. Why right. give him a ratings boost? Well, I just want to see how they're pulling off the virtual part of it. And if it's if it's as smooth as the Democrats, yeah, I'll watch it on YouTube. Now um, we watched every night of it, and I have to say that um, the uh, I want to say the best speech. Well, there was three. Michelle Obama, she spoke, and right away her speech was like the best. But she was the first night, wasn't she? She second? was throwing a lot of shade. Yes, and then. Um, Two days later, I think it was two days later, Obama spoke, and I thought, whoa, he is... Yeah, the gloves are off. Yeah, he was just slamming Trump left and right. And then Kamala spoke, or... Kamala. Kamala, I have to say it right, Kamala spoke, 
And I thought she did an amazing job. I mean, she really... Well, the, the highlight of the whole convention belonged to the young man who stuttered and introduced well, yes, Joe Biden. That is true. That was Thursday night, the last night. That so was- let's compare and contrast. So this was a display of empathy. From Absolutely. Someone who didn't have to do that. I mean, Joe Biden is a well-known figure in American politics. He's mastered um, his stuttering, and he kept that quiet uh, for most of his political career. And think about how Donald Trump would have handled being exposed as a stutterer. Biden decided to display a level of empathy and an ability to relate to someone who suffered from stuttering. And this 13-year-old going on national television was the bravest um, act of anyone. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I could have done that at 13. I don't either. Um, you're exposing yourself, putting yourself out there like that. And he did it. And I think that's the difference. We're looking, you know, I'm not a Biden. Biden was not my first choice. But at least we get the promise of a return to a, a president who recognizes he leads all American people, including those who stutter, those who are in a wheelchair, those who are Blacks, blacks, he is the president of the American people, not of himself, his family, and a narrow-minded base of people. And mind you, Donald is going to be introduced by Ivanka. His his daughter, not his wife. Ivanka. (laughs) Not his wife. Now, um, Not an American who... Whose life was saved by an act of courage, whatever it is, you know, we'll be looking for. But Ivanka, I want to go back just for a minute to the thirteen-year-old because when he started reading his paper, you know, he was holding his paper in front of his face, started reading it, and he was doing great. And I didn't even know what he was on there for or whatever until he actually started to stutter, and then I was like. Oh my God, I can't believe this. And then he says that Joe Biden helped him. And I was like, that's just, that's freaking amazing. So, yeah, so he, he he was actually the best when he introduced Biden. But what do you think of the other speeches? Michelle, Barack, come on. Well, I agree. Um, well, Michelle, I mean, I, I, like I said, no one throws shade better than Michelle Obama. And I have to say, I'm glad that, uh, you know, the Obamas were known for saying, when they go low, we go high. And I was expecting the Obamas to take that high road. And I was so glad, especially President Obama, that he finally, not finally, I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's always a class act. He avoids the negativity. Uh, but I'm glad he, he punched Donald Trump in the face because um, they were treated like, like dirt by Donald, by, by Donald Trump and the Republican Party. And they, at the eight years that Obama was in office, though that Mitch McConnell uh, roadblocked everything he wanted to do and made it a promise that that's what he was going to do, for him to very aggressively go after Donald Trump, I, I thought it, it was good to see Democrats doing that kind of thing. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and not just, 
like when you said you talked about Michelle when she said we when they go low we go high, but she explained in her speech. And when I say we go high, I don't mean that we're going to ignore the nastiness and the you know whatever she, exactly she said. Well, I think she gave new a new tone to it is what it is. It is what it is exactly. Yeah, that was good. And then President Trump said he can't something to the effect of. He can't help him. He can't help himself, or he can't do it. Yeah, he can't. And I, yes, he can't. He can't help. He can't help it. He is incapable of being anything other than what we see, and hear, and read. It it is what it is. No, I think, to get rid of it. I think seriously, he he is truly like he is unable to understand or apply empathy to anyone. Well, so let's talk about the CBS poll. Um, if, if anyone out there is still wondering, how could that happen in Italy? How could that happen in Germany? Well, yeah. read, the, read the CBS poll that came out today in which um, 75% of Republicans think that the country is in better shape now than it was four, four years, years ago. ago. Let that sink in. I know. I By what crazy. measure are we better you know what now, I think? than we were four years ago. So two, and there were a series of questions they asked. They had to support their answers. And two, two explanatory responses, I think, really bring this home. Democrat, and one reason given why, you know, Republicans thought they were better off because Democrats are not in control. In control. So we're back to this. It goes back to the tribalism. Um, we're sticking it to the libtards. They could be living in a cardboard box on the on the side of the street after being kicked out of their mansions, and they would think their life is better off now than it was four years ago because at least Trump is sticking it to the libtards. Well. And, and that is reason number one. Then another reason given by Republicans is that um, they are financially doing very well. Well, we know So that. it's either very wealthy and or very wealthy and hyper-partisan. And I think, I'm sure there's some, the people, the, the poor ones who support Trump is because, and why they're still supporting him, is because he says what they want to say. He, he, he wants to be a white supremacist. He allows them to live yes. in their ecosystem which has been carefully nurtured for the past 50 years (laughs) yeah and so this is what we have i think most disturbing is that 55 percent of republicans think that the death toll due to coronavirus is acceptable at 174,000, I think It's acceptable it to them. That's crazy. From uh, a party, and it's, it's um, base, um, more people die of the, of the flu than they will die from COVID. Well, not in this case. Now it's 10 times the amount of yeah. people who have died. So what is the accept? What is unacceptable to them? The answer is it could be three million. It wouldn't bother them. Yeah, exactly. That's Donald Trump really could shoot anyone on, on Fifth Avenue, and they, and they really wouldn't care. This is what politically based 
cults. This is what it was like living in Germany. This is what it's like living in Italy during the fascist and Nazi periods. This, this is, this is what it's like. Yes. And I've said this before, but we're just lucky that um, Donald Trump can't keep his mouth closed. Yeah, because he reveals everything. Um, he gives away the, the the playbook, but this really is the handbook for how to establish an authoritarian system. And in the in the in the wrong hands, but even worse, like Ted Cruz, oh, Tom Cotton, others who do understand how to do this without giving away your your ultimate plan. How this could happen? We're living through it. And we're not, you know, we're not a hundred percent certain Trump will not be reelected in November. I know so that's the sad part. There's always a chance he could, he can pull it off. I don't think so, but yeah. Anyway, well, I want to talk about the next thing. Um, it's about the White House Rose Garden. <laughs> yes. Well, that noise would indicate. It's rather sad. It it's is. Rather, I was, we call it the Rose Garden Massacre. And I was mad at first because I, because I just quickly went with what I was seeing on Twitter, the, the quick reactions, because she revealed the changes that have taken place in the Rose Garden. What was that, on Saturday or yesterday? Or um, Friday or Saturday? I don't remember. But the very first thing I read was that she um, ripped out two crabapple trees that were planted by... Um, Jackie Kennedy in like 1962. And then you've now read the article and um, you know more about it than I do. Well, by plants, um, by uh, planted by Edith Wilson. There's some things in that garden that are over 100 years old uh, and replaced and paved. Yeah. So that it looks like a tacky sidewalk from one part of Mar-a-Lago to the other. You get from the, the tacky buffet to the tacky gift shop you just walk along the breezeway so she didn't just rip that out she paved over the paved over where these plants were it's like right it's like a rectangle walkway around the grass part yes and then the rose garden part is next to that so there was a lot that was taken out the tulips they're all gone yeah uh, all of the flowers but it's like the trumps uh lacking in color lacking in class lacking in any sense of history or or, or sense of perspective, it's tacky. It lacks character. It lacks class. Now, what? What? Um, it's typical. What you would expect from from the Trumps. Now, the, like, here's the only good thing that 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 you told me was that um, you read that the plants that were taken out have been transferred to a uh, a nursery. A nursery. That's what I read. Where they could possibly be used again. Well, yes, I'm hoping that the horticulturists in charge of this disaster realize, uh, let's not throw these in the dumpster. Why don't we bring these somewhere um, and keep you know keep them alive? And how can you throw how can you throw out something that was planted in the, in that garden by how many first lady? How can, how do you do that? I don't it know. It, it just makes me go mine. crazy. <laughs> yes, makes me scream. So, um, we're disappointed with the Rose Garden, but there are other things that we have to talk about. Um, 
I'm sure you're familiar with the podcast called Mix Minus that is produced by Adam and Daniel. Okay. And um, they uh, they do it live on uh, the stream every Saturday night at 10 o'clock. Well, they had some stuff to say about us last night. So um, listen to this little clip right now and listen carefully to the clip. Okay. Start right now. I don't know, but Kathy Bacon put a picture of the most horrid looking wound on Twitter <laughs> that I think I've ever seen in my life and goes and says something like, does this look all right to everyone? And I'm like, no, no, now, that does not. Did look you not it. hear the the, and, the uh, horrible Kathy Bacon murder story that was she told on Archer Radio? No. I, oh, I have not heard see, that. called out here. You didn't listen to the Archer Radio. Let me tell you, Adam, uh, are you just behind on it? Because because when you yes. when you finally get caught up, you'll hear about Kathy Bacon's horrible uh, murder uh, story. And you'll learn about um, uh, Archer and his uh, husband are going to talk about Depend. Oh, the, the, uh, a wine tour. No, the adult diaper Depend. So um, they're okay. big into that. Well, yeah, but anyway. Uh, okay, so um, did we actually say that we were going to talk about Depend's, uh, Depends? No. Adult undergarments for... Um, I don't think so. I don't know where... I think he's trying to just make fun of us. Do you think he's making fun of us? I don't know why he would. I don't either, because I love Daniel. It, depend, it depends on what depends he's talking about. I don't really <laughs> Maybe it's because we say depends a lot. I don't know. But I, th- I found that very funny. First of all, I was very disappointed and upset to find out that Adam doesn't listen to Archer Radio, which is very sad, because I listen to his daily show every single day. But, you know, everybody oh, can't honey, listen to every podcast. You can't. No. So... I'll get over it. But um, Daniel and Adam, if you would like us to um, discuss the Depends uh, adult undergarments, you'll have to give us some uh, research that you've done on your own, and we'll be more than happy to report about it here on Archer Radio. It would depend, wouldn't it? It would depend on what their uh, research comes out to be. <laughs> now, after well, that... Well, Kathy's doing better. That didn't look like a frightening... She's doing much better. That, okay. that nasty... Um, bruise on her leg has scabbed over yeah. appropriately that had and i think written all over it. well I, I think she was given some antibiotics for that but um i think her the biggest pain was her shoulder supposedly she kind of did something to her shoulder and i think that was causing her some pain but i think i think that's even feeling better too yeah. so i think she's doing better good but yeah if you did not hear the um kathy bacon murder murders you need to go um back to archer radio and um like two episodes back and listen to that. But um, we have finally heard back from Scotty, the little Aussie Valley, who we have not heard from in a long time. Okay. And he admits that. And um, he he brings up a subject that I'd like to talk about briefly. So listen to this voicemail from Scotty. Hi, Archer. It's Scotty, your Aussie Butler here. And I haven't called into your show for ages. You probably think I've died or something. I've caught coronavirus from an American... But no, I'm alive and I'm in love, love, love. It's now official. Naraj and I are an item. As at 16th of August, we are boyfriends. Now all I have to do is get stupid coronavirus to end so I can fly to India and, well, you know... A 22-year-old and a 
old old man like me oh my goodness i need to join a gym don't i or something bye (laughs) thank you for calling in scotty um first of all congratulations on your new boyfriend i am very happy for scotty i knew you would be very happy for you too i just i need to have the details scotty because you know i like to have um all the gossip did you guys actually meet in person or is this an internet um you know texting or grindering or how did how did you meet him on the internet i'm assuming it was on the internet so i need you to call me back and tell me that much and um is he now this is gonna this this might be upsetting to you but is he a gold digger is he a is he looking for a sugar daddy because if he's 22 it sounds like it is l-u-v love l-u-v love you just have to be happy for i'm happy for scotty i'm happy for scotty too i just like to know the details so scotty i want you to call me back and give me more details okay because I certainly would not want it to end up like this. Oh, the snakes crawl at night. <laughs> oh, no. That song is, uh, I'm going to stop that. That's The Snakes Crawl at Night by Charlie Pride. My husband um, uh, introduced me to that song, what, two weeks ago? Actually, no. It was when the Country Western series was on, it was the Ken Burns um, series about country western. It was a while ago. Country western. Yeah, music. that was back in like the and spring. And my dad, my dad turns eighty-one on Wednesday. Yeah. As they're boarding up for possibly two hurricanes, but um, he was a big country music fan, and he liked Charlie Pride was one of his. We like he he liked rock music, Elvis and Fats Domino. You know, my parents were in high school in the fifties, and when we were growing up. Um, we listened to Charlie Pride as well, country music, and I remember that song, When the Snakes Crawl at Night. And so during the Burns documentary, they did a, um, a segment on country music in the 60s and black artists and Charlie Pride. And what did we hear? The snakes crawl, When the Snakes Crawl at Night. Yeah. So we, re- we played the song, talked discussing all this, and now you have had to listen to it at least five times a day. A million, yeah, I've listened to it a ton. The thing is, I don't know why it got stuck in my head. And then I want to, I'm trying to learn all the lyrics so that I can sing it. But generally, it's a story of uh, this guy who I think kills his wife. Because she's having an affair. Because she's having an affair. And then they give him the death penalty, I think. Something like that. But I don't understand that. I guess the snakes crawl at night is like his because wife. They, and the, the, you listen to the lyrics... He would leave the house at night and then would drive home. I guess he worked, whatever he was doing. He would come home and then in the window would see his wife with her lover. Exactly. And he would watch the whole thing. Yes. And then he shot them. And now he too um, is going to die. Yeah, he got the death penalty. And so snakes crawl at night. These were snakes, slithering snakes. And then... Playing together at night when, well, when the, the sun goes away. down, they play. Yeah. In other words, they have sex. The, and um, snakes are you know, disgusting animals, so that's what time. My watch just dinged. All right, so we're going to wrap this up. And if you plan to watch the Republican National Convention next don't, week, you know, don't give Donald don't give Donald Trump the ratings 
It'll be a car wreck. Yeah. Train wreck. Um, <laughs> more like a train wreck. Um, so, honey, what do you think about the sound effects that I... I was, oh, I love those. Is that what you are playing with earlier? I figured out um, how to do these, yeah. Like this one. Yeah. Uh, this one. Anyway, so okay. I have to add some to the soundboard. I, I finally figured this out, how to play them um, while recording a podcast. So there might be more of those, or less, depending on how um, bad they're taken. But it also allows me to play other things, not just sound effects. So anyway, I will be tuning in to a little bit of the Republican National Convention, and um, I might have something to report next week. But I have a feeling that you will hear about it or read about it on all the news sites that you read. Well, yeah, you'll just concerned. get like you'll get like an update or yeah. You know, I don't want to give Donald Trump's the ratings. No, you won't. Uh, whatever. Watch it. Um, and I think I'm a little more concerned about my parents in Louisiana. Oh, that's right. And um, the do you want to evil twins? Tell us quickly about that because we have. Well, a Marco is the one that's most. Uh, I guess most dangerous. No, no, Laura is more dangerous of the two, but Marco is closest, as in, in the closest proximity to oh, New to Orleans. your parents, yeah. Um, so basically, you're saying there's two hurricanes coming into the so Gulf. They're, one so they'll Marco, get Marco. So they'll get Marco tomorrow. They were supposed to get Laura, which could be a Category Three um, by the time it gets to Louisiana. But the latest uh, projection is Laura making landfall west in the western part of Louisiana. Okay. And, um, of course, that could change in five hours. I don't know, but... Well, this ha- that that whole thing changed just during well, today. Well, it's, it's odd. I, you know, I've never had... I've never, and I was born and raised there, but I never had to deal with... We had hurricanes every all the time, but not one back of the other. I know, and um, I was just going to say that 24 hours ago, you were worrying about your parents and saying, if they're going to get out, they have to get out Well, today. they had to because... And then they... You can't, but there's 24 hours between Marco and Laura, and, and considering the movement, you know, they're surrounded by water, and New Orleans is below sea level, um, and the bays, the rivers, the, you know, the lake, uh, and they live south of the lake. So Marco dumps whatever, you know, this, the movement of water dumps whatever surge he, that's going to be dumped and then rain wind driven rain and water and here comes laura piling more on top of that right um that is potentially that's a dangerous lot of water. Yeah. catastrophic so and of course almost 15 years after katrina Since hit katrina yeah. so um well we'll be thinking about your marco yeah tomorrow. they'll they'll be feeling marco tomorrow yeah, um but they're Wednesday. a bit more relieved about laura and but they're boarded up and um they're going to ride it out so well, we'll have to have an update next week. Yes. All right. Well, that is all we have for today. So thank you all for listening. Um, give us a call like Scotty did um, if you want to. And that's all for today. So uh, do you have anything else, I mean? No. All right. So until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.